Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. Real Conversations podcast with me, Sophia DeSantis, and I am super excited to have another awesome guest today. Um, It is episode 58, and we are going to talk a little bit about um, the topic of weight loss and how to do that without these gimmicky diets, without doing things like counting calories and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, And our guest today is called, her name is Claudia Wilson, and she is a nutritionist, dietitian, and I'm super excited to have her here. Claudia, do you want to introduce yourself? I do. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yes, I'm Claudia Wilson. Uh, I have a master's degree in nutrition, and I'm a registered dietitian and also a sports nutritionist. And I'm a little bit old, so I've been doing this for a long time. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm not going to ask you your age, but I think old is definitely um, relative. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just mean, I have a lot of experience. I've been in the biz for 25 years. So awesome. That's the experienced. I use experienced. Let's use that. That's a better, a better thing. Um, So sports um, nutritionist. That's awesome. So what have you, as far as sports, like, have you ever, uh, do you focus on that or do you, have you worked with teams? Like, what does that mean? I have. So what, after I graduated with my master's, I worked at a D1 university, um, for their athletic department, um, Ooh, fun. Uh, helping, yeah, really fun, uh, helping all of the, um, male and female athletes in their athletic department, all the teams, um, which is really exciting. Cause I, I went into sports and nutrition because there's just so much passion in the athletes. And so I did that for about 10 years before I moved on to private practice. And now I have clients who are interested in seeing me because of the sports nutrition aspect. Um, But I would say more so my clientele is more emotional eating, stress eating, you know, how to eat and, and lose weight without following a diet. Yes. Got it. Um, That's awesome though. How fun, what a fun um, I feel like you've kind of just done a little bit of everything, which is, um, I've had an awesome. amazing career. I've had an amazing career. I got to work for Gatorade for a little bit. That was super fun. Ooh, fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, that's fun. Um, awesome. So today though, we're going to focus a little bit of just mostly about the whole weight loss thing. And, um, I'm excited about this because I, um, I'm kind of in that I, I am also, um, uh, I'm a, uh, certified health coach, but my experience and my expertise is in education. I was an educator for 14 years and have my master's degree in education. And I pretty much, um, I taught elementary education, but I've pretty much taken everything I've learned and now I'm applying it to health and wellness, which is, uh, I, it's been an interesting transition because two different careers yet kind of the same because I'm yes. teaching and I've so much experience and I taught special education for half of my career. So teaching people how to do things um, is kind of my forte because I've learned how to, you know, take everything apart and, and create small habits for big goals. And it's, um, it's very similar when it comes to weight loss. And, um, you know, we're surrounded by this world of pick me because I'm going to make you look like this. Yeah. And I'm so uh, just not into that because I'm just like, no, 
Uh, actually, yeah. no, because if that's not your body type or that's not the way you're meant to look like, you're not going to look like that ever. I don't care how much money you pay. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, and also like the whole idea of, um, you know, why is that the way you should look like, why, you know, why don't we have a range of ways that are acceptable and, um, really just loving who you are as it is. Yes. Um, which is, I think, kind of a big, a big topic as well. Um, but to, in general, I'm going to ask you, so weight loss, it's kind of a, I feel like it's a touchy subject online. You have, you know, in one corner, the people, like we just said, that pay me all your money, I'm going to, I'm going to help you lose all the weight. And then in the other corner, we have the love your body as it is. Um, I'm, I've always fallen in the middle of everything in life. I'm this middle ground person. And I always like, I'm not registered under a political party. I don't vote a certain way. Like, I'm very much like right in the middle. I like to see all options. And while I do agree that we should love ourselves for the way we are, I also agree that there are times where um, we want and need to lose some weight. So as a professional, when are those times that weight loss is like actually something needed versus wanting to lose weight for the wrong reasons, I guess you can say. Yeah, I think, I think it needs to be examined. I, um, and explored, um, individually, you know, person, person to person. I'm so glad you talked about your being a teacher um, because that's essentially what the one, two punch book is about. It's teaching you how to operate your hunger and fullness within your own body, not seeking, you know, a particular ideal. Um, and, and if you want to lose weight, not even saying, you know, just love your body the way it is and, and keep going. Um, and so it's, it's really teaching and that's why I wrote it, um, to reach a larger audience, teaching the skill of paying, paying attention to your body's signals. Um, as far as times that I think it's necessary to lose weight and it's, I want to say something, um, that I have found because of this culture of love your body the way it is health at every size, body positivity, I have clients that are coming to me almost in a whispered hushed tones saying, I would like to lose weight. Is that okay? Because they are sometimes being shamed for wanting to lose weight in the same way that um, overweight people have been shamed um, as in having a bigger body. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. And that's and, kind of what, yeah, yeah, what I was saying is that it's, like, exactly. if you want to, yeah, if you want yeah. to for the right reasons, you should, right? Yes, exactly. Um, and, and those reasons vary from person to person. So some reasons might be for health reasons, um, having diabetes, prediabetes, um, high cholesterol. If you are at risk either diagnosed or at risk of something because of your, I'll call it overweightness, um, then as you lose weight, uh, it brings your numbers of, of any condition that we're talking about, it brings your numbers down. Um, so that would be a reason to lose weight. But also when I'm talking to people, when I'm talking to clients, they tell me um, that they're uncomfortable. Now there's uncomfortable in an eating disorder way, um, but there's also just uncomfortable in my body because it doesn't feel like mine. I know that I'm overeating. 
I know that I'm stress eating. I know that I'm giving my body more than it needs. And so I'd like to lose weight because I'd like to be more in sync with fueling my body the way it needs to be fueled. Yes. And, and so that, you know, clients will come to me and say, I'm, I'm just uncomfortable. And if we know and establish that they are overeating um, what their body needs, then I think it's plausible and, and correct to, okay, let's try to cut down on the overeating um, so that you can get to a healthy weight. And by that, I mean, in general, most of the time, fueling your body when it's hungry and stopping when it's full. So in essence, the focus is more on the habits versus necessarily the weight, because when you focus on those habits and you and you work on the reasons behind the stress eating, the overeating, yes. um, that inside you start to feel more comfortable and the weight, you know, comes off because you aren't putting the excess calories into your body that you don't need. Yes, exactly. So a lot of people, when I tell them that they don't need to cut out sugar, that they don't need to cut out their carbs, that they can still have their favorite treats, they can still um, eat foods that they love, they're confused (laughs) um, because their idea of losing weight is choking down a bunch of vegetables that you don't like, not having any sugar, not having any treats. And when I tell them that if you are habitually overeating way past the point of fullness and you stop doing that, you know, all those calories that were extra now are not there. And that is creating a caloric deficit without counting the calories that's creating a caloric deficit in order for you to lose weight. Yes. I mean, because it's, that's the caloric deficit is, you know, but, and, and you don't need those calories to begin with because you're not eating them because you're hungry. You're eating them for other reasons. Yes. 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 And it's, I mean, it is true though, you know, there are definite, you know, health reasons for, um, you know, having ex- excess um, body weight on do, does contribute and help put you into perhaps pre-diabetes, diabetes, dyslipidemia, high cholesterol, like all these things, um, depending on what it is that you're actually overeating as well. Um, because you tend to, some people when, you know, with emotional eating, they tend to grab things that are contributing to those conditions versus I'm going to overeat an apple. I'm going to overeat, you know, some salad. For sure. For sure. If someone is eating, you know, this, um, if someone is eating emotionally, um, or stress eating or you're overeating, they're, they're eating to soothe. And so, um, soothing foods aren't necessarily vegetables, (laughs) um, or, or the apple, like you described, um, the soothing foods are high in fat, high in salt, high in sugar. And then that gets reinforced because it feels good. It's a, it's a distraction and it kind of is an escape and it kind of coats the stomach, if you will. Um, and so then that gets reinforced that it works to help soothe them. Well, it is, isn't it just like, it's like a actual, the science of the brain is that um, stress or whatever, those, those actually make you crave carbs. They yes. make you crave those yep. kinds of foods. And so that's why you're reading the, you're reaching for those. It's not that 
you know, you are making a bad choice because you're a terrible human. It's actually your brain telling you to do that because that are the, those are the types of, um, those are the types of hormones being released in your body. You know, it's making you crave that in general. Yes. It's fascinating research. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's, I'm a, I I was pre-med when I went to college. So I'm like, my dad's a scientist. Like I'm a very science oriented person. My, everything I believe in, whatever is based on science. And so when I was, um, going, when I went back to get my, you know, health coaching certificate, I did so, um, not because I felt like, you know, I had to do it. It didn't really change my business, but I wanted to learn more. Um, and those science classes and all that stuff was my favorite in college. And so it was, I loved reading about all of the neurotransmitters and the hormones and all that. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Like how our bodies work. It's really fascinating. It yeah. really is. I love it. So, um, you mentioned before, and I don't know if we talked about it. Um, but before we go on to, I have a, another question for you before we go on to that, this is a good segue is, um, when you talk about one, two punch, you're talking about the book that you created to help people do all of this. Yes. So there's a, there's a concept, um, called intuitive eating. And in my experience, intuitive eating, mindful eating, I felt, um, because my clients were telling me that they felt like it was a little bit like free falling, you know, there weren't there, they they didn't feel held and supported in that space. It's like, wait a second. You mean, I'm just supposed to listen to my body and, and eat whatever I want. (laughs) And, and I say, yes, it is to eat whatever you want. Um, but not whenever you want in, um, if, if your goal is weight loss. And so I created one, two punch as a bridge to help people get there. So the bridge is either they're emotionally eating, stress eating, overeating, um, and they feel like that's out of control and we want to bring it under control and, and more in sync with what their body's telling them, or they are meticulously tracking and following a diet and don't know how to get out of, of that space of meticulously tracking. So the one, two punch book works for both. There's three parts to it. The first part is burn and that, and there's a ton of visuals and colors and graphs. Um, I'm a visual learner and I'm a visual teacher um, to describe what's going on in really simplistic terms. Yes, there's a lot of research references in the back, but it the, the book, it feels like you're just talking to me. Um, the burn section is how to understand when to eat, when your body is going to burn it. And essentially that's when you're hungry. So I describe the analogy of an incinerator, treat your stomach as an incinerator. When the doors are open, that means it's going to burn what you put into it. Um, and that is the optimal time to eat for an optimal weight, especially if you're trying to lose weight. The second section is balance, and that's balancing your protein and carbohydrates, um, which can be any carb and any protein, but it's balance when you are hungry, but teaching you how to balance it without tracking, without measuring, without weighing, without counting macros. Um, That's the second section. And the last section, become, is really talking about, okay, so now you understand hunger. Now you understand how to balance protein and carb by using your fist. That's why it's called one, two punch. 
Um, but what about all the other reasons? You mentioned this a little bit. What about all the other reasons why we might crave food and might want to keep eating past the point of fullness and reach for something to soothe? And that is all the emotion and, and tools and tips in the become section to become the you you've always wanted and manage those, those reasons and the why underneath, you know, wanting to overeat. Yes, totally. And, um, I, I totally do believe I'm like really big on mindful eating. Um, intuitive eating is more of like something like, I feel like you really need to be trained and talk about, but for yeah. me, mindfulness is a big part of my life and mindful eating is a big thing. But one thing I talk about in, um, I have a few, like, uh, uh, a few products that I, that, um, I have that I've created around this topic of mindful eating. But a big thing for me is that oftentimes we don't know what it even means. And we have been so clouded in society online by listening to what everybody else tells us we should do yeah. in this space. Like listening yeah. to the diets, you should cut out all carbs. They're evil. Wait, no, cut out fats, not the carbs. Um, oh, eat the protein. Oh, wait, now yeah. there's this diet. And we've repackaged this diet and called it something else. And our, we have listened so much to other people. We've lost our inner intuition. We lost the contact with our bodies. And so- I look at it more as like a, um, pipes that are clogged and we need to unclog that. So what you, that's kind of what you're saying that, that you yeah. need that support in order to get there. And just to tell somebody, Oh, just eat mindfully. It's just like telling a baby, Oh, just walk, you know, like, Oh, ah. just ride your bike. You have to help teach people how to do that. And also how to start actually tasting real food, because the truth of the matter is when you're eating, you know, a lot of stuff like, you know, a ton of fast food. Not that I think these things are bad overall. I think you should be able to eat them. However, when that is all what your diet consists of, and you're not eating these wholesome, you know, plants and fresh produce and stuff like that, your, your body doesn't even know what those, what food tastes like anymore. Yeah. It's conditioned a certain way. Yes. And you need to kind of clear those pipes and you need to get back to a place where you can listen to your body. You can understand and know your hunger cues versus oh, I'm counting calories and I've already expended my blank calories for today. So for right now, so I'm going to wait. And even though I'm starving, I'm going to wait until I'm allowed to eat more. And it's like, no, your body's telling you it's actually hungry. You know, it's not that this event is wanting you to eat because you're stressed. It's your stomach, you know, your brain is saying it's time to eat, you know? So exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's, um, one of the reasons why I wrote the book, I, I started using, I started developing handouts in my clinic, in my office to describe this, to help people learn in their own body. Okay. How do I eat mindfully? How do I tell whether I'm hungry? How do I tell whether I'm full? Um, how do I go about that? How do I step into that process? Totally. I, I exactly. And I just think that people, um, it, the idea is to do it yourself and to listen yes. to your body, but there's so much out there that to weed through and you need to find the right person that works for you with how you can get there. And the person, the way I look at it is, you know, the girl online who promises you're going to look like her in 30 days, if you pay all this money is probably not the best choice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, there's, it's just crazy what's out there. I mean, I've seen so much in this space and um, yeah, it drives me nuts. So, which leads me to my next question. So we, you know, talking about all these diets, 
why aren't they working for people? Why do you say, like, what is your take on why, you know, XYZ diet does not work? Well, they work until they don't work. That's, that's, I think the issue. Um, Diets work initially. Um, What it's doing, it's creating the calorie deficit that we talked about earlier. If you stop overeating, regardless of what you're eating, whether it's fast food or the, you know, highly preserved foods, if you stop the overeating, you've created a calorie deficit, but that's put the, that puts the ownership on you to understand why you're overeating and to stop overeating and, and really take ownership of whether you're hungry and whether you're full and the diets provide a structure to do that. So initially in the weight loss realm, they are creating a calorie deficit because you're just having X amount of calories and that works until it doesn't because what I, what I hear most often about why someone, because I always ask why someone stopped a particular diet, and I've heard, you know, just about every diet out there, um, they always say, not always, um, a large proportion of the time they say life got in the way, and, which I find so fascinating because isn't that what we're supposed to be doing is, is living our life with all the the bumps and the detours and everything that life throws at us. Um, I just, I just find that comment um, really interesting. Well, life got in the way. And so I stopped following the diet and, and so, and, but, but that going forward, we are supposed to be living our life. And so instead of the diet being the whole focus and life interrupting that we want to flip that and, have you focus on your life and your hunger and what you're eating is interrupting um, you to fuel yourself. But I think it's, you know, they get, they get tired. I mean, they say life got in the way, but also it becomes too difficult. It's really stressful to have to track, measure, weigh, count, eat certain foods. Um, That is, that is very stressful and they reach, um, decision fatigue, stress fatigue, and they just can't do it anymore. And, and not to mention, you know, all the deprivation that they're feeling. Right. And that's, I think, honestly, why a lot of diets, in my opinion, don't work because a lot of them are based in some concept of you need to cut this, you need to cut that. And the reality is, I mean, me personally, from what I believe in science is that our body needs all our macros, our body needs all the nutrients because it needs them to function. That's the way our bodies have been built. And while some people need less or more of another based on their own personal bodies in general, you know, when you don't eat carbs, you're going to have brain fog. You're going to have exhaustion. Like your, your brain is going to be like, hello, where's my food? Um, And you need to find that balance of what works for you. And, you know, without that promise of, if you stop eating this, um, you never can eat dessert again because sugar is a killer. Well, I mean, fine, but I'm sorry. Like who's like, who wants to live a life without cookies? I don't. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I, and I draw that analogy and it makes sense to people. You know, if you were sitting, this is in the book, if you were sitting in front of me, um, I would say, okay, for the next five minutes, don't look at my earrings. And chances are high that until I said that you didn't even notice the earrings, but then all you want to do is look at the earrings. And it's the same thing when you tell someone to cut something out, suddenly 
their brain without even asking their brain to do that, their brain is focused on, well, now I just want all the sugar because I've been told that I can't have it. And so it ends up just backfiring on all kinds of sides to what you're trying to do, which is become healthier. Well, and, and just in general, like, you know, like they say that when you don't allow yourself, if you're craving something and you don't allow yourself to have some of it, you're just going to go the other way. And it's just human nature. You're going to go the other way and you're going to end up overeating it. Whereas if you had, you know, when you started, when you thought about, oh, I'm gosh, I'm craving some chocolate. If you allowed yourself to eat a bit of little chocolate, your brain would satisfy that craving and be like, okay, cool. We're good. Yes, exactly. And it's just, again, it's, it's, it's biology. It's science. Like people don't, they want the promise of something. And I feel like so many companies, brands, whatever have, you know, they, they make these promises without really truly looking at the science. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it is science and it is, um, something that is going on in the body. And, and if you're not depriving, then your body will work itself out, but it does take practice to get there. If you're, if you're not already doing that. Right. Absolutely. You know, but like, you know, I just, I remember when the whole, I mean, and it's still kind of is in, in some diets, but um, when I was younger, I remember the whole, you know, like don't eat carbs thing was like huge. Like you yeah. want to lose weight, you know, stop eating carbs. Yeah. And I, you know, I literally, if I don't, I think I, I just out of curiosity, cause I love to try things just to see personally, like what happens. Um, yeah. I didn't eat, I, I literally didn't eat like my traditional carbs for like half a day. And by noon, I literally wanted to murder people. I'm like, <laughs> this is not good. Like I need some carbs. Yeah. Um, the same way I felt when I um, tried, you know, the whole juice diet, like juicing for three days. I literally day one was like, nope, oh. not going to work for me. I need yeah. actual food. I think juices are great. I love introducing juicing when I'm like, you know, feeling like I just need a ton of nutrients because I was on vacation yes. and lived on French fries and margaritas. But along with those juices, I love my, you know, my other foods. I, I can't just do juices. Like I literally become a crazy person. Yeah. I think extremes of anything, um, are dicey. They're dicey exactly. for people and they're, and they're not sustainable. So a hundred percent. Cause yeah. once you go back, that's the exactly. thing that, you know, here's your diet for 30 days. This is what you're doing, but then you go back to life and you go back to eating and people are shocked. Like, Oh, I gained weight again. Well, duh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, I, let's talk about counting calories. So I know that's a big thing that I pulled out of what you were talking about with your book. Like I am not a calorie counter. I have never been a calorie counter. The idea that I have to actually write down everything I ate literally makes my anxiety levels rise. Yes. And, um, I would like hyperventilate if I had to do that. I probably would actually stop eating to be honest, because I wouldn't even want to count the calories. <laughs> um, so why is this such, um, just why is this so, like anxiety? Why is it something that you, you want to want to stay away from? So we think, I mean, it's, it's following any diet, but we think we're doing something good for our body. Let's say we need to lose weight because of, um, medical conditions that are putting you at risk, um, for ill health. I'll just blanketly say that. And so we think, oh, if I count calories and keep them under this certain amount, I will lose weight. And that might be true, 
but the stress involved in the tracking and the counting and writing it down and planning it out and, and doing that day in, day out, um, it causes a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety. And what happens is then it increases your cortisol levels beyond what a healthy level is. And then it's just working against you. If your cortisol levels are really, really high and, and you are trying to lose weight, then we want to bring those down because if you've got too much cortisol on board, that's working against you. You have more potential for fat storage and to keep the fat that you already have. So when I explain that to people, they're like, oh, I thought that I was doing something good by counting calories because I was losing weight, but you're right. I'm so stressed by doing it. And we want to take that stress away so that you don't have the double whammy of you're trying to lose weight, but your cortisol levels are out of control. It's causing so much stress that it's working against you. Yes. And it's like a chronic stress because you're constantly counting calories. So you're chronically stressed, like for long periods of time, because people go into this, you know, like, and do it for long periods of time. And I mean, I know people that actually like say they like to do it because it helps them feel in control. But then I always go back to thinking that, well, that piece to me is more of like another issue that maybe you need a therapist to deal with because that, you know, counting calories should not be something that suited you. You know, if it, if you're feeling so out of control that counting your calories is actually making you feel better, um, perhaps you need to dig deeper into what's making you feel so out of control. Yeah. Why, why is it so, you know, I encourage clients to be like a three-year-old, four-year-old. Well, why, well, why, you know, so asking why, why is this so soothing to me? What's going on in my life that I feel held and supported and, and contained, um, by counting calories. Yes. So it's kind of like a domino effect, like, yes, you know, counting calories, stress, cortisol, fat storage. Yes, exactly. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And it's, it kind of is, you know, if we, if we want to think about the why, the why, the why it goes back to those caveman days of flight or flight. And so back in the, you know, back when fight or flight was kicked in for survival, your body stored that fat to help you survive. Yes. Thinking if I don't get food because I'm in a fight or flight, you know, I'm in a state of distress. I need to store this fat to use it over the next, however much, you know, time is passing in order to be at my utmost, you know, um, tip top shape to fight off this stressor. Um, and also your fight or flight is you're focusing on staying alive. And so your secondary, um, things happening in your body are are stopped in order to put the energy into staying alive. And that is just like the background of why your body's body does all this stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so what about, so you're talking about counting calories, which is like, you know, one thing, but what about the cutting out of all the food groups, like the macros, like don't eat the fat, don't eat the carbs. Um, don't eat this, don't eat that. Like, why does that create bad habits for people? Well, so again, it's, it's extremes in, in any way, right? So any extreme, um, is going to make you feel deprived, 
And, and then it's another, and now I use analogies all the time. Another analogy I use is if you cut out a food group um, and, and you're saying, no, 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 you're pulling the pendulum all the way to one side. And then when you stop doing that, you know, physics says, if you let go of that pendulum, it's going to go all the way to the other side. It's not going to settle in the middle. And so that's how we set, we set ourselves up. Um, if we cut out any of those things and go to the extreme. Yes, absolutely. Until that, you know, like, that's a great, I love that analogy until that pendulum, you know, slowly, slowly, slowly yes. ends up in the middle over yes. time, you can learn to have it in the middle, but when you're being pulled into directions, you know, you're not standing like right in the middle of what works for you. Yeah. Um, and that is, that is, I think, and I ex- describe this to clients, that's the goal. Having our pendulum sway back and forth, right? Nothing is static and our life certainly isn't static and our bodies aren't static, but having that pendulum just slightly sway back and forth in the middle is the goal. Yes. Yes. I mean, and wellness is a continuum. I mean, I totally yes. believe in wellness yes, is a absolutely. continuum. And every single day, like there's no end goal there's no like end point, like you're always working on your overall wellness and it changes daily. I mean, you can go to bed feeling like a rock star, wake up and your kid, you know, I don't know, smashes the plate on the floor in the morning and your stress level goes up and your day goes to shit. And so yes. that is like, <laughs> yeah, and it's the truth. And like, it those is. are the days where you're like, I am done. I'm not making dinner. I'm over it. We're ordering a pizza and that's okay because that's you know okay. that. Yes. And then you know that the next day is a new day. And when you put the work into being able to read these signs and, and, and honor your wellness on some days, but be able to start the next day fresh and say, it's a new day. I'm making my, you know, family, this home cooked meal day. I got this. That's the ultimate goal is to have that control versus letting that one thing spiral down and completely lose control for, for days and weeks on end. Yes, exactly. And I would say, once you learn the skill of recognizing your hunger and fullness, sure, you're ordering pizza because like you said, the day's gone to shit and um, we just need a pass. If you understand when you're hungry and when you're full, you're not eating the whole pizza. You're eating what your body yes. needs, albeit you know maybe not non-preserved um, foods, but you can still have that within the bounds of hunger and fullness and, and be totally fine. It's when, it's when the day feels so out of control that not only are you ordering pizza, but you're eating the whole thing. Yes. And those are the techniques of, you know, that's what I believe is mindfulness is being in the present moment, being, um, being able to be present and understand that this is a, this is, this does not define me. This does not, you know, I can still, you know, enjoy this pizza. Maybe I, um, you know, feel like, you know, I don't know, ordering a side salad with it too. Maybe I'm going to finish my day off with a cookie because that sounds really good, but this isn't, this isn't the, um, I guess the answer to making myself feel better is shoving this pizza in my mouth because of, you know, my stress eating. It's more me giving myself, um, the permission to live in today's moment and understand it's been a rough day and this is what works for me and it's okay. It's yes. not, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's not, I shouldn't be shamed. I shouldn't be go hiding in the closet and stuffing pizza on my mouth because 
you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of. And I think shame is a big piece of it as well. Yes, I do too. I um, do. yeah. So what are some tips for people? Like, um, you may just some tips you have when you work with your clients about how do I get there? Like, what are some things I can think about? What are some things I can do to start my journey from moving away from being controlled by outside sources and learning to be mindful and in, inside my body and learn for me to control versus allowing outside sources to control me? So one of the things that they can do today, right now, immediately is, um, any time today going forward that you are reaching for something to eat, you find yourself reaching for something to eat, you're opening the drawer, you're going to the kitchen, you're going to the break room if you're back at work, um, you're opening the cupboard, you're opening the fridge, stop right where you are, roll your shoulders back and, and take a big deep breath, just one, and ask yourself, what am I feeling? You know, that's, that's a start to the mindfulness is what's going on. Am I actually hungry? Why am I reaching for food? So that's, that's the place that we start. If you're used to eating according to a schedule um, and it's very timed and it's very calculated, I ask people to pause. We don't rip away their schedule because it's helping them feel um, safe and contained. I just ask them to pause at that particular time and find out what's going on to start to ask their body, you know, what it's actually feeling instead of following through with the momentum of, well, this is what I'm supposed to eat. This is the time that I'm supposed to eat. So it's, it's pausing and taking, and taking a deep breath. That's the, that's the beginning of being explorative. Um, Okay. What's going on? Yes. I love that. And why I'm wanting to eat. I love that. I mean, it's really just putting yourself in the present moment and yes. they're so guided um, just by exterior stimulation now with everything from phones to computers, to TVs, to just everything is like, takes us away from being present in our own life and in our own bodies that um, mind mindlessly eating is so common. And I like, it's like sitting in front of the couch when you're watching you know, a movie and just mindlessly eating. Like I I've seen my husband do it. I see my kids are just mindlessly eating. And I taught my husband, like when I first met my husband, he was the biggest mindless eater. Like he'd get through a whole bag of chips and be like, Oh God, I'm so full. Oh my God. I ate the whole bag. I'm like, yes, crazy. (laughs) You did. So I literally, I tell my kids, get out a bowl, put some of that popcorn in a bowl and then go sit down. Yes. I don't take the whole bag with you. Yes. I talk about that in the book too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, you don't need to eat the entire bag. I mean, I guess unless you haven't eaten in three days and you were stuck on an island and the first thing you saw was a bag of chips, eat the bag. <laughs> but in reality, I mean, especially with my kids, like, dude, you ate like an hour ago. Like, Yes. And, yes. you know, and I say this all the time, like we sit down at dinner, my husband and my oldest son eat very quickly. They're both like very fast eaters. And my oldest son, who is a foodie and loves to eat, he wants to go back for seconds. And I said, okay, well, can the rest of us take a bite first? Can we sit here as a family, drink a glass of water? And if you're still hungry in 10 minutes, allow your brain to catch up with everything, then go have some more. But the problem is when you don't let your brain catch up, you're overeating because you're not really hungry. Yes. I talk about that too. Like take a second, take the breath, have some water. Exactly what you're saying. Exactly. 
Well, and I want to teach my son, like I have a son. Um, it's, you know, I think it's the same with girls and boys. Like I want to teach him how to a know these cues, know how to read his body. Um, and B like one day, if he decides to, you know, marry a woman and have a wife, if, if he ever has daughters, um, to be able to support them in the same journey and be able to, you know, be there in with positive health, healthy, um, aspects when it comes to food versus, you know, just, you know, these, these things that like sometimes kids do like when they're bored. I mean, I have to tell you this last year with being having, they're gone at school now, but when they were home, I had to literally close the kitchen for certain times of the day. Cause I'm like, yes. you're not hungry. You're eating cause you're bored. Yes. It's, it's putting the boundaries on because we can't create those boundaries within ourselves. Well, and it's, there's, and you have situational problems like, you know, this pandemic, like people being stuck at home, that's a situational temporary thing. Um, But it's still, after some time, it creates this, this boredom and filling it with like food and whatever. And it's just situational, but it's still something I was like, okay, this is out of control. Like, I, I know you are not this hungry. Yes. Yes. Um, but the, the book one, two punch is teaching you how to do that with, with all the environmental things and cues still being there. Yes. Yes, totally. Well, and that's the thing. It's just recognizing. And again, it goes back to being present, like you said, and, and just disc when you're, you know, disconnecting from the, you know, external and taking that deep breath and asking yourself. And, and if the answer is yes, I'm hungry, then eat, you know, like it's, Absolutely. I don't believe in, yeah, don't eat, you know, it's like, if you truly are hungry, um, then eat and, and that hunger will change. That's the problem. I think too, with scheduled eating, in my opinion, I am not a scheduled eater. I have learned to really just eat when I'm hungry, but I think the problem with it too, is that our, what we burn every day changes because there's some days where I'm photographing all day and I am up and down on a chair. I'm running around my kitchen. I have all these things going. And some days where I'm doing like you know, um, you know, business work on my computer. Well, the days I'm sitting on my computer, I am not needing as much, as many calories as the days I'm up and running and running all around. Exactly. That's, that's what I was talking about. You know, the body isn't static. It's not the same every day, but yet we, we are applying these static templates of a diet to be the same every day. And that's not how the body works. Yes, exactly. And I mean, it, yeah, it totally changes. And that's why for me personally, like I don't, you know, always have a snack at 10 o'clock because I'm not always hungry at 10 o'clock. And, you know, if, if I'm running around and I'm doing things, I always make sure I have something with me because I know I'm going to be hungrier. Yes. Yes. Totally. Um, well, this is awesome. This has just been awesome. Um, any other tips you want to tell anybody? Well, two more, two more, cause I want them to leave with something, the breathing and asking yourself why, but two more is, um, looking at your hydration and looking at your sleep, as you know, um, hydration w- can work magic <laughs> if you're trying to lose weight. Um, especially if you're eating when you are thirsty and really not hungry and also sleep. And I, and I know that people get tired of hearing about sleep, but sleep, the correct amount of sleep, the right amount of sleep and adequate amount of sleep will bring those hormones back into balance so that you are craving less. So examine, examine both those things. Hydration. I call it resting. The, resting the incinerator is really important. 
and hydrating the incinerator is really important. Yes. Um, that's so true. I, for me, I am a huge, like when I am not sleeping right. Oh my gosh. Like I can feel it's like night and day, like night and day. I can feel it. I can feel my hormones out of whack. I can feel, um, and I, sometimes that's the thing is asking myself, did I get enough sleep this week? Because I'm not feeling right. And if I, if I say, you know what? I didn't, I'm going to be kinder to myself. I am not going to you know, let myself be like, oh, you're a mess. I'm just going to say, you know what? You didn't get enough sleep. Let's, what can I change so that I can, I can, I can get some good sleep over the next couple of days. It changed. It's, it's life-changing hydration and sleep is life-changing. Totally. Um, and well, and it's just a, it's a cycle of like, you're not getting enough sleep. Hormones are out of balance. You're craving the carbs. Then you feel bad about yourself because you're eating all this food that, you know, you're not really hungry and you're over full and then it's, you feel like crap. And then it's just this constant cycle of, um, of, you know, all that out of balance whack. Yes. Um, And with the hydration thing, I actually like, I have a podcast episode that I, um, with somebody that is all about hydration and water. And I, I have to say that that is my weakness. Hydration is my weakness. Um, I am not great at drinking water. I don't know what it is. I've tried every gimmick. And so I just sometimes have to just um, force myself and try and remember. But um, yeah, hydration is uh, rough for me. I, I don't know what it is. I'm so like, uh, so into this health and wellness world in general, but that is my kryptonite. I, I, it's weird. It is my kryptonite. And I have, I've tried all the things. Um, I'm just not good at it. I'm really great at drinking margaritas and cocktails. I don't know what the problem is with water. We all have our kryptonite. Totally, totally. Um, that's so funny. Yeah, it's just like, I'm super hydrated when I've got, you know, I've got my vodka tonics and my, you know, tequilas with uh, yeah. lime juice and, and soda, but something about plain water just isn't as uh, inviting to me. <laughs> yes, yeah. Not quite the thrill. Um, No, but it's so, but you are right though. It is so important. And that's like another thing um, when you're not, when you're feeling blah, it's like to ask yourself, like, have I been drinking water today? Um, That's so important. Yes. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and um, sharing with us. And um, also you guys that are listening, make sure to go to the blog post because there is a link in there where you can grab a free copy with paying $4 shipping of her book, One Two Punch with code veggies and ev- all the, everything is linked inside the, uh, the, the post. So make sure you listen um, in and um, grab that link for, for you guys. But thank you for being here, Claudia. It was oh, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. It was easy and fun. We love talking yeah, about this stuff. Totally. Um, and if you guys are listening and you love this episode and you love uh, the podcast, please make sure to subscribe leave me a rate and review on that purple, um, that purple app. It helps so much because the more I have, the more these episodes will get out to people, the more I can share these awesome guests and all they have to offer with everybody. Um, and it's just all around awesome. And I just thank you guys for being here and listening in and make sure to listen in next episode where I'm going to be actually focusing a little bit on mindfulness and talking about the pillars of mindfulness and things you can do in order to get yourself, um, you know, headed towards the whole just aspect of mindfulness in general in all areas of your life. Um, But thank you, everybody. And we'll chat soon.